What's going on, everybody? Welcome to episode 318 of Flow Wrestling Radio Live. I'm your host, Christian Piles, joined as always by my mainest man, still from the hills of Casey, Wyoming, where life's woolly and wild, Billy <coughs> Saylor. What's up, buddy? What's up, buddy? Not much. Not much. Happy uh, 149 Rankings Day to uh, you. Right, however you choose to celebrate, we'll celebrate privately here in the Piles household. But big day, 149's out. The wrestling nomad to my right, Kyle Brackey, a.k.a. Steve. To my left. Steve, Steve, Steve. He's Steve. His name's Steve, legally. Um, so, 318, 318 deep. We don't really have many wrestlers. This is the Shreveport, Louisiana episode of FRL. There's not a lot of ties from wrestling to Louisiana in general. So, we are going to call this... See, we can't call this the Daniel Cormier episode because he's in 337, which is coming up pretty soon. It's around the corner. We're yeah. going to, in like in like December, when 337 rolls up, we're going to be so happy we didn't use that bullet yet. Yeah. So, 318, Shreveport, Phil Necro has 318 wins, according to yep. Willie. And one more fun fact from Willie. Uh, March 18th, 1892, Lord Stanley presented the cup. So, that was 318. So, if you're a big yeah. knuckleball guy or hockey guy... We're Louisiana guy. This, yeah. this, is the, this is the episode for you. Wrestling, it's a wasteland. But it's here a, we are. It's a battle on the border episode. In ba- flow football. There yep. you go. Maybe we're wetting that beat. That's okay. Okay. So, rankings are out. We've been dropping one a day. It's Thursday, which means we're four in. 41 was yesterday. 49 today. And by far, and this will hopefully, probably, definitely be the toughest number one decision we have to make this year. And uh, we screwed it up. But I think we also got it right. <laughs> Um, I hate it. If you heard the video, I hate it. <laughs> I hate that Kalodzik's number one, and I would hate Micah at number one. I just hate it. Um, and ultimately, why we went, and please check them out. They're on the homepage, uh, second thing down, mm-hmm. if you want to look at them for a reference point. We have Kalodzik one, Micah Jordan two, Ashnault three, and we can just start there. So, went back and forth. I was... I would say I was certainly driving the Micah to number one thing for a while and was like kind of adamant. And then <clears throat> I had an epiphory, as, as Michael Scott would say. And the basis for a lot of what I was doing was when Micah was at 149 two years ago, he did this, this, and this. But he was at 157, and now he's coming down. But that would be me... Uh, being inconsistent with how I typically do. Because, for example, if Zahid Valencia were to go up to 184, right, I I always say when you move up weights, I don't hit you. When you change weights, I don't hit you. I just assume you're going to be the same guy. So I can't pick and choose that with Micah and say, well, he won't be the 157 Micah down at 149 because two years ago he was. It's like, no, you can't have it both ways, Christian. So I slapped my own wrist and I said I'm not going to do that. What was wrong with the 157, Micah? Well, I would say not much. I mean, he was fine, but we're talking about the number one ranking. Um, and, you know, he finished sixth. He lost to Berger, who was not a, not a great loss. Pantelio Nolf. And I mean, Berger, Berger's excellent. He took third. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I know. He I was... mean, Kolodzik lost to – and listen, I really don't care. I, I, I'm fine with Kolodzik at one. But uh, just, just to play devil's advocate, Kolodzik lost to, like – Weird people. No, he has that. That was it for me too. <clears throat> he has lost to Kraus from Brown. Still don't know who that is. 
Still no idea. <laughs> um, but it happened, and I was like, yeah, that's true. But, man, you just look at this. He's beat National. He beat Sorensen. He beat Heilman, Leith, Oliver, Deacon. I'm like, man, those are some really savage wins. He was outstanding at NCAAs, and, and Micah, Micah really wasn't. And if I'm going to say, hey, we weigh pretty heavy NCAAs, I can't ignore what he was able to do down at 149. Now, another reason I almost didn't want to put him in there, it's like, man, all right, if I'm going to hit Micah for the burger loss, I really should hit him for losing to Ronnie Perry. Not great all year. Actually, Ronnie Perry was probably technically worse all year. He was like the 15? 15, yeah. 15 seed. So, you know, maybe you you can poke holes in this. That's why I hate it. There's not a a real clear answer. Um, Well, I mean, the rankings that aren't real clear, especially at the top, especially at number one, isn't that what makes rankings great? If If everything was clear, it'd be like, What's the point? Who cares? True. Yeah, true. No, I, I completely agree. I'm, I'm fine I think with it. It's a great it argument. I think it's a great argument. I think it's um, a compelling weight class. Yeah. I, I'm so, <laughs> I am so excited for this weight because it's like, okay, yeah, there was. And actually, I didn't really put Ashnall in the number one conversation here. I didn't think that was justified. I think, um, you know, I think Spay was maybe a little higher on that in general. But what I am excited about this weight is as I look down, we've, ta- we've talked about this before. It's like, there are a lot of dudes that can win this way. There are a lot of dudes that can beat Matt Kalazic and probably Micah Jordan and, and all these guys, and I see it. I, I just see it being fun. I mean, Grant Leith. If Grant Leith wins, I'm not batting an eye. That guy is definitely good enough to win a title. Listen, we're t- we tweeted about yesterday uh, a fantasy draft. If you're drafting fantasy at 49, is this a weight class you're taking early or taking late? Oh, you're stupid if you go early. Yeah. Right. You take this is a weight class you take late because there's so many guys that can uh, win or place. This is the classic one you punt and then you, you hate yourself and you end up with like, well, I don't want to say a name. <laughs> I'm sure someone will get upset. But you know who you are, wrestler that is not as good as um, Max Thompson or Pat Lugo. You know who you are. Um, so exciting weight class. Can't wait for it. I don't know. I don't even know what people. Most people. Will, We'll think about this ring. I'm I'm curious to see the feedback from the community on who we went with number one. I feel like we kind of took the safe way, <laughs> highest returning place winner. Kind of lame. I hate it, but whatever. Yeah, we did it. Went with logic. I'll fight you. Logic. Logic's really good. Whatever. Uh, it's, I think it's right. When's the last time Princeton had a um, preseason number one? It'll be Ayers first number one. Well, yeah, maybe probably their first ever. Can't rule it out. Can't rule it out. We'll say it's the first ever. We are the first to ever rank a Princeton wrestler number one. We are part of history. That's why we did it. The, and I know this doesn't specifically like factor into what you guys are, are doing, but like Occam's Razor really, if you just like super simplify this, Kalodzic has the highest placing of any, like Micah and Ashnold's career highest is fourth. One. So for whatever that's worth, Kalodzic does have the highest placement. Ashnall has the last win over Kalodzic. That was twenty. That was over, you know, two years ago. So does Krause. Yes, no, fair. But I'm saying Ashnall has the win over him. He's three-time AA. Micah's not. Kalodzic obviously hasn't had three opportunities yet. So what, um, there, there's what is, there's there's arguments and and obviously like Christian and Spay like the, the right like the first thing you have to do is just acknowledge that like people are going to be upset, and then just go okay this is what this is what I think. <clears throat> Any early dates that these guys 
has anybody noticed a, a something on their schedule where any of these top five guys might hit or four guys might hit? No, but that's a really cool um, potential idea for like a, an article maybe or something like kind of like a weight by weight look at like right, where are the big rankings matchups going to happen and when. Yeah, yeah. I, it's also a massive undertaking. Spain, <laughs> we'll just put Nomad on it. Well, Spain and I were gonna we we're talking about yesterday, like after I left, talking about kind of putting everything into a like calendar mm-hmm. and identifying it from there. So it so you can be like, okay, this is a big weekend for 149. This is a big weekend for 141. And I don't know if that's like 10 separate articles or whatever, or how it's gonna work. But we do want to kind of organize the weekends to go. Okay, circle this, circle that. Uh, looking at Ohio State's schedule, Rutgers will be at CKLV, yes? Mm. Yes. So we Lotto's could see Micah Vershnalty there. And then Rutgers will have Princeton. February. February. Okay. So we won't have to wait till like, NCAAs. Although, at that point in the year, who knows, Kolodzik could have taken a loss or any number of those guys could right. lose it, depending on how their <clears throat> schedules fare out. Oh, wait, Gleith will be there at uh, – Cliff Keen, Las Vegas, too, right? Oh, awesome. Yes. Great. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Put him in the mix. That's fantastic. Very saucy. Because he's the so, – so he had the – And Thompson, the, you and I goes. Yeah. Leith had the best season going in, right? He was Thorn, the, the three seed going into NCAA. Mm-hmm. So, um, and then, like, he got six, which is still awesome. So, yeah, of course. And he's Leith, a freshman, so he could be a four-time NCAA <laughs> champion potentially. He does have three years of eligibility <laughs> he's, left. He's chasing Kale. No, I think he's – they're going to give him a fourth one back. He's gonna be a five-time AA. It's gonna be great. Um, Wait a second. <laughs> it's amazing that Leaf is listed as a sophomore. <laughs> he wrestled. He wrestled Solomon Chisco in Super Thirty Two Finals. Chisco is done and out of eligibility. Well, not, he's not, not out. Not out of eligibility. <clears throat> he's not out of eligibility. Well, he's done. He's done. So I think so. Like every year, there's a there's probably one weight right that has like a legitimate rankings question. Like last year, it was one twenty five, and kind of how the top four was going to be played out right mm-hmm. with uh nato suriano cruz and lezak yeah was did i'm pretty sure did we have cruz number three preseason so i what i remember I, in my head I, I think i think nato was one i think it was nato suriano cruz. cruz no no well because I what i remember, I remember. In my i know because what i remember in my head i was talking to Spade about this yesterday was i remember you and i and i, I feel like it spilled Either started on FRL and spilled over and like into the the office, or started in the office and continued on FRL. I was saying that like you were being inconsistent with your rating of Suriano, mm-hmm. in that um, he should like my my contention was he should be two or four. Like if you're gonna make NATO one, fine, but then Suriano should either be two for beating both uh, Cruz and Lezak, or four and give Cruz and Lezak the credit for NCAA's. And I was like, three makes no sense and is inconsistent. And I don't know if you ultimately changed it well, or what happened, but I remember us having that dis- like have that no, discussion very heatedly. It, w- it was we did go Nick at two and Cruz. Yeah, there's something we said Cruz did it right, and the the case for I mean we're arguing a preseason ranking from last year, so I'll be brief and then we'll move on. But um, basically, Cruz, hey, he made it happen at the final exam. He beat someone who beat him soundly at NCA. So basically, we are giving him the benefit of the doubt. Um, to to Soriano over the guy who actually did it, so that's why I went with that. And Lezak had losses last year. He didn't win it all, right? He had lost to Soriano. He had a lot of other losses that were weird. Um, <clears throat> Soriano beat the the one and the two, so I think yeah. he was justified. Well, yeah, and 
Lezak, that bracket fell apart. So you, you yeah, know. yeah, yeah, exactly right. And Lezak L- literally Le- fell apart with Suriano not wrestling. <laughs> yeah, it felt. Like, and then, yeah, and then you know he had Mueller in the semi. Joey beat. Dance lost or uh, in mm-hmm. the quarters. Yeah, it was set up for Joey. He was the two seed. Yeah, I don't want to talk about it. But anyway, so it's just interesting. Every year, there's a there's a big debate like that. Last year was 25. This year is 49. We yeah. haven't talked about 41, right? No, we haven't. Uh, we have not. And you know, I don't. I'm. I love this weight for for the record. Amazing weight. I mean, look. Let's look down. Number 20 is Yaya Thomas. 18, Kanan Store. Number 17, Max Murin. Like 15, Mitch McKee. I mean, I listen. I'm. Mitch McKee is like. It's it's funny because like Brock and McKee are two guys that. And they have this rivalry, but they're also two guys that, like, I have this, like, quasi-irrational, like, view of them in my mind um, that does not wane. So seeing him at 15 is jarring to me, but it is it is proper. Like, I think it's where he belongs. Um, so, yeah, great, great weight. I mean, this – and this – listen to this top six. I mean, not just good. Don't think good. Think fun. Fun factor. <laughs> Yanni McKenna. McKenna's probably the least fun. Very fun. He's fundamental. Okay. But then Ironman, Cade Brock, Nick Lee, Chad Red. That is that is fire in terms of like the actual matchups and how exciting and entertaining those guys are to watch. I think how difficult was it for to rank Sedarian coming off uh, you know well under five hundred entering NCAAs and then how do you how do you justify that? Sort of difficult, um <laughs> uh, for sure. Not easy. It helped that he beat Alber and that Albert wasn't like Well that was first round, wasn't it? It was early, yeah. It it wasn't like Albert was I mean Albert beat Red and Thorne, but he wasn't super hot last year. Mason Smith, pretty inconsistent guy. So I felt like, you know what, give him the bump. Um you know, I, you you could you could bury him behind Michael Carr potentially, but he beat Michael <clears throat> Carr in the round of twelve. Um, you could put him behind Deal, but he beat you know he beat Deal. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. Oh, beat all yeah. these guys. I don't know. It's tough when when you beat them. No, I think it's I think it's right. I just think it's <clears throat> it's tough to negotiate. Well, what what it what is not what is in the rankings but is not visible is the the various anchors that the guys have. Sedarian's is on a shorter leash than mm-hmm. Chad Red, right? <laughs> if Sedarian starts reverting to his old ways, uh, he's gonna he's gonna fall faster than someone with deep roots like Nick Lee, Chad Red, etc. So that's what's like in the rankings that you can't actually see, but sure. I'm saying it, so now you know. So you should see it that way. One thing I saw a lot of people pissed off about, and I'm just gonna assume these are Penn State fans, is how could you rank Nick Lee over Cade Brock, which I, like without even having any conversations with Spay or CP, I was like, "Well, yeah, that, okay, that makes sense to me." Uh, but people were pissed off about it, so maybe you touch on that. Um, let's touch on it. Um, yeah, you can make a you can make a case for for Cade over over Nick Lee. No, but I'm, I'm saying they were they were pissed that Nick Lee's over Cade. So like, Cade. their case. They're, I'm saying, what is their case for Nick over Cade? Well, there's a case there. I mean, he he beat. Kevin Jack is probably the main case. That's like the thing, right? That's a really, really nice win. Um, I don't know. I think body of work over the years, Cade Brock's got simply better wins. Now, he was a sophomore, and Nick Lee was a true freshman, so there's an opportunity gap there. But I I think Cade's proven a little bit more. 
<laughs> Brock's first match ever, he pinned a returning champ. Yeah. He's beaten he's beaten multiple national champions. He beat uh, Corey, Corey Clark. Clark. He beat uh, Cody Brewer. Nick, Nick Lee's losses last year in reverse chronological order. Jaden Ironman, um, NCAAs. Ryan Deal, first round of NCAAs, got packed up. Mikey Carr at Big Tens. Joey McKenna in in the duel, which I rewatched that one the other day. Forgot how controversial that one was. Yeah. The Caden G. Feller pin in the scuffle finals. Yanni in the uh, Binghamton Open. I forget if that was semis with finals. And then Brock Zacherl, um, the Clarion mm. Open. That was that was his first um, event of the year. Cade Brock last year, five losses. Luke Pletcher, Tariq Wilson, who he also beat Tariq Wilson at one point. Seth Gross. Montori Bridges and Scotty Parker, so he only lost All Americans. Yeah, that was at altitude, though. That was at altitude. Does not count. And he and he's a two-time All American. And he and, split with Tariq and Montori. Yeah, right. And the Scotty Parker loss is the dumbest. Oh one my gosh, ever yes. to happen. It's the dumbest <laughs> loss I've ever seen. And Scotty Parker's still a two-time AA, so it's like okay, two fine. Like yeah, he's still that's not a bad loss. Yeah, like the way the way he lost it is bad, but. The, the loss itself. Is Dude, how do you think that match goes? Cade Brock, Nick Lee. Oh, fast. Uh, I don't know. There's Vince Turk's involved. It's a, it's a gunslinging match. Oh, no. Oh, boy. Oh, no. <laughs> I just. There's a lot of points on the board. Like, o- over under 21 and a half. I just ask. I just ask. It's a, a it is a high scoring match. I think it's I like Cade, but I don't freaking know. I think that's a lot of slickness for, for Nick Lee, but Nick. I don't know. That'd be a great match. Maybe Southern yeah. Scuffle Finals? Let's. Let's yeah, that'll that. be – it's either that Fingers or crossed. it's a blaze. It's the only mm. time they cross this Or big year. 12s. Or big 10s. <sighs> yeah, or big, big 10s. One of them could Kate, change conferences. Kate could go. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Fair point. Yep, don't rule it out. Okay, that's 141. I mean, there's a lot of other things we could discuss in that weight class as well. <laughs> I mean, here's some guys that are unranked. Um, Ian Parker is unranked. I, whether he's – I guess he's at 41 again um, with Austin Gomez in the mix. I, we think a lot of him. I think a lot of Luke Karam, um, mm-hmm. if he can develop one leg attack, he's going to be really nice. Like, get it real consistent and humming, because he's a, a terror on the mat, and he's really tough to take down. Um, I won't give up on Cam Kelly. I'm, I'm, I'm going to hang on. Please don't. I've been, hanging on this stock yeah! for, I've been hanging on this stock for quite some time, and at this point, it's, it's basically worthless, so why would I sell it? Uh, I'll just hang on that? to it. You're a jerk. Well, no. Kyle's over it. I could sell it. And um, Jamal Morris. Uh, although, yeah, I like Jamal Morris. If he goes 41, I think he could do really well. So, yeah, that's an exciting weight. And I'm um, 49, unranked guy. Of most one, notable one would probably be Brady Berge, who did nothing last year to warrant a ranking. Correct. Uh, the – 16 through 18, 41 is really interesting to me. Tristan Moran going 41 for Wisconsin was Oklahoma State's 57 at Big 12s. Uh, Max Murin, number 17, he – so there, as we mentioned on Tuesday, there's a couple weights, 25 and 33, or a couple schools were kind of looking at roster battles, right, like uh, Arizona State 125, for example. So you put in Murin over Turk <coughs> and Happel, which I think is reasonable but just notable. And then Kanan Store, who didn't get to – do conference tournament last year so i'll uh, be interested to see how he does michigan hopefully gets a, a full season and i'm glad you mentioned bergy penn state fans or anyone who's a bergy fan we hope he does really well tomorrow at junior worlds but he wrestled one tournament last year yeah i don't think anyone's clamoring for him to be ranked um uh, 
So, yeah, that's it. Excited for that. 57 tomorrow. We'll wrap it up. It's mostly done. Just needs a little more, more polish, and we'll be good to go there. Okay. Anything else before we move on, Willie? No. Okay. Willie will be in. Did you guys say, is Kanan going 49? Is that what you said? 41. 41. We were kind of, we were kind of bouncing a little bit there. I, yeah, yeah. And you, know, you guys know I really like Kanan's store a lot, too. So I think he could have a. And at Michigan, not that there's anything wrong with Iowa State either, but, I mean, at Michigan, man, the partners there, the, just what they have going on, could be really good, could could do really well there. One last thing at 149 we can move on. So, obviously, you have Micah dropping down. Uh, Zane leaves, Heilman, Ronnie Perry, um, probably Sorensen. And then there's a bunch of guys that are in my retro report that, that came out that are – coming in and, you know, ranked. Ashnault, Lugo, Maruka, who Maruka didn't really redshirt, but uh, starts this. Uh, Maruka, O'Connor, and Josh Heil. So, like, crazy, crazy turnover at 149. Yeah, completely different weight class. It really is. New look. Exciting stuff. Kind of like it. All right. Um, Where to next, friends? Um, You want to talk about a little more rankings? We could talk about Roman Bravo Young's opportunities to – get ranked, um, something that Nomad put in here. So RBY's big dates where he can, obviously, true freshmen, basically all will start unranked except for Gable, who has a Division I uh, tournament win. But even then, he still might not be ranked because he he beat in World Beers. But for RBY, he'll have Scotty Parker, Lehigh, December 2nd, if his red shirt's pulled at that point. And then really not much till Scuffle, in which case he could have – any number of dudes, including Dayton or Cade or Pitch or who knows. Basically an Oklahoma State guy. But, yeah, it's it's kind of interesting because, so, obviously, once all the rankings are out, like all 10 weights, uh, Spay and CP will put them in a in a spreadsheet and spit out team, team scores, right? So we all know how that works. Uh, and it doesn't include bonus. And so the freshmen are always the, the, the X factor there as far as, like, well, how much can RBY jump up? And if he loses to Scotty Parker, which is, I mean, Scotty Parker's a three-time All-American, so very possible, and then doesn't get a chance to hit one of those uh, Oklahoma State guys at the scuffle because there's not going to be a whole lot of other ranked guys at the scuffle. Now, I mean, we don't know because, of course, stuff could change. But then – you know, he gets Valdiviez, who's currently number 15 on January 11th. He hits Michich and Pletcher, both of which he could lose to. And then Dylan Duncan, uh, who's currently number 12. Now it'll be February 17th, so who knows where Duncan will be. So, like, RBY, I mean, unless he pulls a really big upset, it's going to have a hard time getting in the top 10. Well, I suppose other guys could fall off, but I just I think it's going to be hard for him to get in the top 10 this year. Before I Big mean, that's 10. just based on schedule, though. Right, right but but that, I mean that's that's what it is. It's these these are the opportunities he has. Mm-hmm. I think it's um, you know scuffle could be Dayton. Yeah, it, he'll have he'll have his chances. It'll be on him just to take. It's it's tough to get in the top ten at one thirty three because there's ten really good guys. Number ten's Ernesty. Mm-hmm. It's going to be tough for that. It's just as much as his schedule. So we'll be curious to follow his trajectory. And, and we kind of mentioned, like, hey, we don't know when his red shirt will or won't be pulled, um, although we're all but certain he's going to he's going to wrestle. Junior World's going on. Um, you want to want to catch us up quickly, briefly, Wrestling Nomad? Yes. So they start off with Greco and uh, kind of 
you know, Greco community was all super pumped. We had three guys wrestle for a medal. Andrew Berryessa made the finals. Congrats yeah, to him. Colton Schultz, uh, first year as a junior, got a bronze. Congrats to him. And Kamal Bay uh, got fifth, trying to he, – he lost to the guy he beat in the junior world finals um, in his bronze medal match. So great job from him. And everybody was all pumped up. They actually did worse than they did in 2016 and 2017. 2016, they got eighth. Last year, they got fourth. This year, they got tenth. Um, but anyway, of note, first time since 99-2000 with consecutive finalists, uh, Kamal and Severado last year and, and Berryessa this year, and then three straight years with two medals for Junior Greco. So, Yeah, the only thing, though, is like uh, it's, it's great that they're putting some, some level of consistency in, but the only thing is at the eight other weights, they only won two matches combined. Yes. Yeah. And that's There's that was seven. that's the the team finish there. Um and and also the guy Berryessa lost to in the finals like if there was a, a big board for Greco. Yeah. The guy he lost he's, to has literally never lost a match. It's Mihan Lopez. Yeah. Oh boy. It doesn't throw matches. So problematic. Yeah. Uh anyway, junior women also so they're kind of still <laughs> Did going on. Did you see on. what Berryessa tweeted? What? He's... He said he said what can I say? The guy's never lost. <laughs> but for real, yeah, it's like, oh, what do you do? Um, junior women, so they're still going on. They have their uh, second day semis. Alicia Houck's in the semis. And then right after that, Macy Kilty is in the finals. Macy Kilty still cadet eligible, one cadet world's in the finals, so that's pretty cool. Uh, but after Women's Nationals, formerly known as Body Bar, in May, I was like, all right, this junior women's team is going to be awesome. And we're looking at, like, historically bad performance wow um so and you know there's some nomad curse yeah right uh there's some unfortunate things like yesterday two girls lost in the quarters two girls who lost in the semis so you can't get pulled back in we had uh one girl lost on a takedown with 0.4 seconds left yesterday and then this morning we had a girl get pushed out with 4.1 seconds left to lose and today four girls lost in the first round lost their first match i think all of them got eliminated uh so Great job, Alicia Houck, being in the semis. Hopefully, see her in the finals, and hopefully, Macy wins, and that would be awesome. But, like, we're looking at, like, 8th, ninth, 10th, which mm. I, the USA results on on um, the mat only go back to 2006, and the lowest in that time period, we got 7th in 2013. So, um, obviously, these girls can still do great things, you know, college level and senior level, but performance-wise, this is, like, historically bad. So, the... Uh... For junior men's freestyle, draws will start after FRL is taped. They're holding draws till <laughs> FRL finishes. No, well, they got, they're out already. Nomad lied yeah, about that. I, wow. I put this in when I woke when I woke up this morning to watch because I thought they were going to be uh, out after, but they're actually out now. So okay. uh, check my Twitter and you will see. All right, check his Twitter. And so wrestling tomorrow for the men: Dayton Fix, Dom Demas, Brady Berge, hey, Aaron Aaron Brooks, and uh, Zach Elam, the late replacement for Daniel Gregory Kirkley. Oh, yeah. That's too bad. Okay. Um, so we've been doing the depth charts, targets uh, for a couple of different teams. Yeah. Penn State this week, Willie. Um, yeah, speaking of Aaron Brooks, it's going to be interesting at the top of their lineup um, when you look at their, their roster. Nomad does the depth charts, and I do the targets. But uh, Penn State is going to be left with, after this year, Rashid graduates, Bo Nickel graduates, Seth Nevels graduates. They're going to be left with three guys. Nick. Uh, Nick, with that are freshmen, and with no real depth around them. 
I mean, you're going to have Aaron Brooks, Michael Beard, and Seth Nevels. And no depth around them. So um, while you could say, well, they don't need anybody, at the same time, any injury to one of those guys or anything that could happen, I, I don't know. Yeah. Uh, there's no depth. So, you know, some people will say, well, the rich get richer if, you, if you're recruiting up top when you have those three guys. But um, I didn't – when I first sat down to do the targets, I was like, they don't really have a need. They, you know, they have a deep roster. Um, but it sort of surprised me, like, man, they need some bodies up there. It's They almost um, – I, I don't know why, but it, it seems like they're like – they got stuck with the Suriano thing kind of holding the bag last year and now it's like they are just stockpiling little guys right gavin brody rby jack davis um they've got Buziello coming in like they're gonna have all these guys for just a handful of weights and now they can do some magic and, and make them all fit but it's like that's where their depth is right it's down below and mm-hmm. you know there's a there's a cost there that they're potentially well, paying right you now know, it's a lot of it's a lot of turnover from when I did Ohio States too. I didn't expect I didn't expect to say um, that they have needs. Penn State and Ohio State is so deep. I mean, you think on a lot of, a lot of instances you think their B team could do really well, but if you look at Ohio State's lineup too or Ohio State's roster, um, they might not need anybody. Just like Penn State, they might not, but you're relying on a lot of freshmen that don't even have a college result. Like, like Ohio state in the middle from 65 or 50, 57 to 84 is going to be relying on people that don't even have a college result. Like, um, you know, Rocky Jordan and Kevon Freeman and, and, um, Ethan, Caleb Romero. Right. All those guys. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's, uh, both those teams are, you know, an injury or, you know, like you said, anything can happen. You know, guys just don't pan out. Guys can't hack school, whatever, whatever reasons yeah. there are. They yeah. can be in a little bit of trouble. And yet still, like, so they still – the it, it's buffered a little bit because Joseph and Hall are still back next year. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, Nick Lee, if he All-Americans again, no one would be surprised. So you'd still have, you know, him at All-American. Everybody expects Brady Berge to do really well. And when Berge jumps up, so – Okay, you either have you know Nick Lee coming up, and then one of the one of those little guys we just talked about come up, or you do have Jared Verclearn, who is kind of considered an afterthought a little bit on, in Penn State's room, but is so many teams would love to have Jared Verclearn as their starting one forty nine. Look, you, it's hard to tell. This is no disrespect to Mason Manville, but it's hard to tell what he is. Mm-hmm. Um, he could be, who knows? He could be. All-American uh, semi- caliber. A, a, an All-American, a semifinalist, but we haven't seen him wrestle folk in a long time. Um, he was like the number four kid coming out of his class, and he's like kind of forgotten about. Um, now, if he is the guy at, at 74, that's a really big plus. If he's at that level for Penn State, that's a really big plus. If he's not, then you have to consider getting to 74 as well. Yeah, unless they're penciling in Brooks there and even still. Uh, they really, you know, the Whitlock thing hurt them. Right. It was, uh, they could really use a, a, a Whitlock type in there. Because if, if Brooks is a 74, mm-hmm. then 
one of 84 or 97, they're going to be screwed because yeah. Beard's oh, only one of them. Right, Beard's only one of them, and then Manville would definitely be undersized at 84, you know, and obviously if Beard goes 84, then who who do you put at 97? Um, I do also... Yeah, for recruiting purposes, it's almost academic um, if Brooks goes 74 or 84. You're going to need a body one, right. one way or the other unless Manville is the truth. Yeah, whole truth, nothing but the truth. Okay. okay. And, and again, I still think the like Penn State does everything for a reason. Kassar going up, Neville's, they're going to try to get him a uh, – Seth is gray-shirting this year. They're going to try to get Nick a six-year for next year. Seth, redshirts next year. And then, you know, they lost out on Kirkley, and we had a whole thing on that. But, like, Seth Neville's is still a four-time California state champ. So, it's like, backup plans. Yep. They're, still, they're still looking really good. And and kind of a little bit to, um, to Willie's point about having needs – I don't know if you guys do, want to do a whole segment on this, but it is interesting. Like, pretty much eighty percent of the the big board is locked up. Whether you go top fifteen, top thirty, top thirty-five, top fifty, it's pretty much like eighty percent locked up now. So, um, I don't. There's not a lot of like immediate what it, help. I see. Way. I see. You got things in here, right? Like, the the top guys that are uncommitted. You have Carson Carchley, Brevin Balmasita. You have Carter Starocki, and then you say eighty percent locked up. What does that mean? So, uh, Starocki's number 14, right? So, three of the top 15 are still on the table, which means 12 of the 15 are committed. Oh, okay. So, 80% so, of so them are locked up. 80% of the top 15 are locked up. Correct. Got it. Okay. So, that's Penn State. Willie, who are some of the targets that you identified for, for Penn State? Um, it, it's I, – I think they could use a swing guy, like a 41-49, depending on if Nick Lee goes – 41 then they need a 49 if they go 49 if uh, if nickley stays at 41 they need a 49 so i thought josh saunders and i put i think josh saunders makes a whole heck of a lot of sense for penn state although it may not be depending on what the staff sees in the room a 41 49 might not be imperative because it's possible that they stretch RBY up to a 41 or Busiello up to a 41, and then Nick Lee becomes the 49. And so um, it looks like they could use one, but maybe if they see in the room, like, we'll be fine there, then then they don't. But that's that's one area I, I saw, 41-49. And then 74-84, uh, and I think, I, in my opinion, Aaron Brooks is going to be an 84. And then so... 74, who did I say, Nomad? I said um, I said Starocki for this class, uh, maybe Thane Lawrence for next class, uh, Southwestern PA guy. Um, and then after that, you're looking at Facundo and Patty Gallagher. Yeah, the, the question becomes how pressing is that? It, it It's all about, like, it's essentially all about, like, how good Manville and Verclaren are for, for what Penn State needs. And, and also what you were saying about, you know, stretching out like an RBY or, or a boosty yellow. But as far as like immediate needs, you go, okay, Staraki is probably priority one a in terms of what they need in state, all this, uh, for what it's worth. I heard not from Staraki. He's down to Virginia tech in Minnesota. I'm not saying that's for sure, but just what I heard. Yeah. Um, so it's, um, it's an interesting situation with Staraki and Hilligus. Um, I thought, you know, I had heard Starocki goes to all the Penn State matches and he likes Penn State. And mm-hmm. I don't know. I, I, I thought 
he was leaning there, and I don't know. Maybe the feeling's not mutual. Maybe Penn State doesn't think they need a guy, or Penn, you know, Penn State isn't given a big enough offer, or whatever the case may be. Um, it doesn't seem as if I had that marriage. I was like, that's going to happen. And it doesn't appear to be that way. Same with Hilligus. I thought they could use you know, that 41-49 thing. I thought Hilligus <laughs> would be a guy. Now, it's early in his recruiting because he's just a junior, but um, it doesn't sound like Penn State and Hilligus are a thing either. And that's why, to your point about 41-49 and, and then like the upperweights, that's why I put Master Giovanni as their guy for that article we did um, back when like recruiting started on September 1st. I don't, I don't know if Master is actually their top target, but I just thought Trevor and Travis fit in really well with what Penn State's going to need in a few years. I, I think so, too. I think so, too, but – the information i'm hearing is that the masters like ohio state yeah so right so but Let's, anyway so what for for me the 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 question is okay is Taraki priority 1a and if not is it basically uh it's it's like drafting for need versus drafting like kind of long term it's like okay do we absolutely need to get Taraki now or do we think there's a better option a la um, you know, Thane Lawrence, Facundo, whatever down the road, and we just wait for the best guy if we think those guys are going to be better than Staraki. Yeah, it's you know what, picking or projecting who's going to go where is always a difficult task. Yeah. Um, it, it's even more difficult when you're when they are recruiting for luxury as opposed to pure need. Yeah, and that's something we're seeing a lot with with Penn State. There's they have they have some luxuries there. Verclaren being one of them, one of many. Um, so that's Penn State. A lot of interesting targets there. Um, okay, let's get to questions from our friends. Let's do it. Midlands asks, says Brad Bowles. Midlands, what odds do you give Zahid versus Ben Askren? Well, I give Zahid good odds versus Ben Askren because I believe that Zahid fits the template for what has given Ben problems historically. Um, quick speed to the legs, great finisher, uh, can finish in a variety of ways. Coached by the guy who beat Ben Yeah, times. there's the Pendleton angle, of course. You can always point to that. Um, uh, there's a, there's probably plenty of people that Chris Pendleton's coached that Ben Asker would pin in a minute. Uh, Fair. But, yeah, there, there's a I, – I think, and at this point, man, Zahid is world-class, guys. Yeah. Zahid is right now – a world-class wrestler, okay? Kyle Dake's going to win a medal, I believe. It, it, it could be gold. And he he was there with him. He smashed mm-hmm. Alex Derringer. He smashed Alex Derringer. Derringer just won. Um, Derringer, outside of losing to Dake and Zahid this year, has looked awesome internationally. Exactly. So for, for that reason, it, it's more. Now, peak Ben versus peak Zahid, I think that's really tough. And this is still a question because there's, there's this thing with Ben where he does something that Zahid will have never seen. He will never have experienced. There's no one like Ben. There hasn't been anyone even really all that similar. Maybe Nolf is like the closest in terms of innovation. And even still, um, Ben is setting more traps than, than anyone, right? So there is that angle where he could catch him in something or he could make him play into his hands. Or maybe he takes top and can cradle him. Who knows? There's a, there's a lot of different ways that makes it, it, makes it so fascinating and interesting because it's Ben and in folk style because I think we might have that lasting memory of him wrestling Clayton Foster who was too big <laughs> wrestled a style that is not conducive for for Ben and wasn't folk style and, and maybe that's stuck on us now that was like three four years ago at this point that yeah, was a while ago but man it's hard it 
and, and maybe it's just a personal thing. It's tough for me to let go of like Ben not being one of the best folk stylers ever, and that he could he could win this match. So the odds, I think I think that Zahid is probably the favorite on paper. I don't know if you guys agree with that or disagree, Willie. I'm curious for your take. Oh, I I think the world of Ben, but uh, I mean to me it's a no brainer. Zahid's a Zahid's a national champion who beat a national champion, who is world-class right now. You know, Ben's, Ben's an older guy. I don't know. You know, if, if Askren would win, it's like, why don't you come back? <laughs> yeah, please I mean, come. We're not, talking about, we're not talking about a run-of-the-mill NCAA champ that, you know, took seventh at the trials or the Open or something. We're talking about Zahid, who made final X and pushed – Dick. Kyle Dick to the brink. Yeah, he's 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 special. Um, and man, here's hoping we see it. Ben said he was doing it last year. Didn't he said he, he's, his diet started two weeks ago? He blamed mm-hmm. fatherhood, which is <coughs> weak. Frankly, so weak. But yeah, so weak. So yeah, let's hope it happens. I hope so. Uh, this is a this is a very important question. I'm so glad Chris Cook asked. Does anyone in the FRL crew play a musical instrument? I don't know why this came up. In his mind, um, but yes, uh, unsurprisingly, a man of many talents. Myself, I can play the guitar, bass, and a little bit of drums. I don't know about you guys or your musical ability. Why you picked? You love? You wanted to say that? Well, yeah. I mean, he asked. Chris Cook wanted yeah, to know. Yeah, he could not be more excited to tell everyone he's a band nerd. <laughs> a band nerd? Guitar? You don't listen to music with guitars? No, you're just very proud of, you know, marching bands and stuff. That has nothing to do. None of those instruments are in marching bands. Whatever, I don't nerd. play an instrument. You don't play Kyle, an instrument. Kyle doesn't play an instrument. No, man. Oh, boy. You probably had an instrument and lost it, even though you didn't play one. Correct. All right. Stay <laughs> <laughs> on the head. All right. I was voted most musical in the the frl cast okay please graduating class of four okay this is we should have done this long ago Uh and shame on me shame i'll own it air on your part brad cravens can you please send wrestling nomad to oklahoma state to stand next to dayton fix to see what weight he's going this year now this may be somewhat of a deep deep track but i guess not this far ago but the far before nomad was basing what weight classes guys were going on if he had or had not stood next to them and what he thought about that when he stood next to him. I think it was Alex Thompson. Once he stood next mm-hmm. to him, he knew he was a career 25. So, and then it became a kind of a joke forever. And Brad Cravens, who must be a longtime listener, thank you, Brad. Longtime listener. Bringing it up, and that's what we need to do. We need, no, we need to get him a first thing to Stillwater. Um, we should probably have you fly there because I don't know if a car would make it back if we sent you alone. I have driven many times Stillwater. Solo and, missions? Uh, I don't know about Stillwater solo, but I've, dr- I've had to drive to Oklahoma many times okay. in my time here. Okay. Definitely Oklahoma City solo. Okay. All right. Well, then maybe you're ready Maybe you're ready for this. But, yes, can you go <laughs> there, stand next to Dayton, and Come back. just let us know? That would be hilarious if you just went there. Dayton, just get a picture taken. Then you just like you just tweet it one twenty five. Done deal. <laughs> mission mission accomplished. All right, so yeah, Brad, we're gonna get right on that. Um, I don't know if we want to do a Russia versus USA whiteboard war twenty eighteen just yet. Wow, Brad Cravens. Mm. I'm just kidding. borderline. 
stop saying something inappropriate. Brad Cravens and Cody Cleveland. I'll say I'll go with it. Brad Cravens and Cody Cleveland questions back to back. Both of their women are not bad to look at. You did this last time. Brad Cravens asked a question. Yeah, so. you would you leave Brad Cravens' Cravens' <laughs> wife alone? We get it. Well, what about Cody Cleveland? I want to offend Cody Cleveland as well. Cody Cleveland has a very lovely wife. Shout out to uh, them on their happy matrimony. I, c- I can't believe you don't know her name. You are such a knower of like all I, the dads. I believe it's and the Bethany. Wives. See? Oh my gosh, <laughs> that's so creepy. All right. I've met her personally at, oh, okay. in Paris. Oh, all right, all right. That's much better. Yeah. All right. You're like, cool. You're like cool. face to face. We, we we actually. I, I just have, picture I you looking up with, the rosters. I have a picture with her actually. Oh, all right. We'll <laughs> all right. Let's move on. Let's move on. What way is she going next year? <laughs> Cody Cleveland. Would you rather have a wrap it up sign from the Chappelle Show or a mute button for Wrestling Nomad? So I tried the mute button last time, which is unplugging <clears throat> his microphone. He did not stop talking. So I, Cody, I don't know. Do you have a suggestion? Because I, I, I don't know. It, it's 8.46, so we might be due for something. See, uh, if, see if they can expense you a, uh, a taser. Just, just when, he, when he won't shut up, just tase him. Okay. That'd be good. Uh, that's what they went over in sensitivity training. <laughs> tase your adversaries. Are Ryan Holmes' biceps bigger than Nomad's head? If so, by how much? A lot. I, I think my biceps are bigger than Nomad's head, yeah. for, for being Do I honest. I have a small head? Well, it is small. I don't small. think I have a small head. It's pretty proportional, but you're small. Right. I mean, so like, I, I understand, like, I'm on the I don't know. I feel lower. like you probably wear kids' hats. No. But you also wear them on the top of your head, too. It's. I probably wear really – my hat size is probably bigger than yours, actually. Really? Yes. Want to swap right now? Yeah, sure. What's I'll your hat? Rose Grove. Camping Conference Center. All right, we're Let's switching hats. Flip the switch oh, my, here. This looks ridiculous. No, Let's it's – the switch here. It's a perfect fit. All right, we're switching hats. This is really the definition of bad radio. All right, we'll finish the show like this. All right. Gosh, you were sweating. Maybe not. All right, next topic. Nomad has a sm- the same no, size it. head that's, as me. That's actually, I like got out of the shower and went right to it. That's, okay. it's, there's no sweat. In I look like a painter. This looks terrible. This looks like a beret. All right, I'll, this is your crush. You never me. wear a backwards hat? Yeah, I can do that. Okay. Ponders. Uh, in- All right, I want to ask this question, but I will not answer it yet because it, it, it's going to require a lot. NCA coaches as characters from The Wire. Who is who? Go. This is going to happen. Coaches? Takashi Brands, at not Tom, not Terry, asked a great question. And and it is something I'm really passionate about. But I am not just going to do it right now and say, oh, Kale is Stringer or something stupid like that. No, I'm going to put thought into this. That's going to need some. Yes. So what I'm going to do, I was already figuring out how I'm going to do it. I'm going to go kind of character by character, starting with the main ones. And... List like a kind of bullet point characteristics and start like name them. Like I would say, I'll give you one. I'll just give you a tease. I'm not going to answer the question. But here's my answer. Well, this is like this is just a small part. And everyone should watch The Wire. You should stop watching this show right now and go watch The Wire if you haven't watched it all. Okay, uh, permission to do that. But Bodie, I would say Bodie is Tom Brands. Okay, <laughs> traditional. All right, so Bodie is like the epitome of like a corner kid. Like, runs the streets, like, has, like, the code and is, like, maybe a little, um, like, he's not, I don't know how to say it, but I think he's Bodie. Very sticks to his guns, super passionate, fired up guy. I think Tom Brands is Bodie. I'm really curious to see who's Bubbles. And I, There will be no <laughs> Bubbles. <laughs> um, this, is a, this is a cool one, kind of back to Ben Askren for a different reason. The T-Rome Funky Show has just aired its last episode. <sighs> what were your thoughts on the podcast over the years? 
and the impact it's had on the sport. So impact on the sport, I have no idea. But my thoughts on the podcast um, were I really liked it. Uh, I think it's cool. It's something like the flow. <coughs> I, I want to replicate something like that with, with our content. It's like let's get two of the high-level minds and let's have them talk to each other and let's just hear what they say and listen to them, right? It's like not me asking Coleman Scott something. Let's mm-hmm. ha- I want to hear Jordan Burroughs and Coleman Scott's conversations and yeah, like where sure. that goes. That's what I, I really I appreciated like the, about it. I don't like the, the Willie asks Tom Brands a question. It just – it always ends up in coach speak and it's, it's, it's not compelling. But when you put two of them together – that's when things can interesting. That's good. Yeah. So that's my thought. Um, did you listen to it? Yeah. Yeah, I listened to it. Did you listen to it? I did this morning. Oh, oh, the most recent one. No, I thought you meant like, <laughs> did I listen to the show in general? Which I did, but no. no I, I meant yeah, like the the literal last episode. No, I did not. Not maybe, a fan. Maybe the ride home. Maybe I'm not a true fan. I don't know what that means. Jay Hastings, back-to-back questions. Congrats at the Josh Hastings. For the first time in IDK, how long? Iowa State has a returning three-time AA in their lineup. What do you think Nicholas's impact on the program will be? Um, I don't think it's like a huge thing. I think, man, you got a really good wrestler, and it's for one year, and then he's gone, and that's better than the alternative. I don't think it's like – be nice to get someone on the podium and dress for second year. Yeah, that's but, part of it. Yeah, it's just good visual. Good visual. Momentum shifter. Yeah. They had one qualifier last year. Okay, now maybe get an All-American or two. They're going to have different guys. They're going to have more than a couple of guys that, with potential to play. Yeah, absolutely. Austin Gomez, uh, Deegan was round of 12 last year. Yeah. Marks Coleman's an interesting guy off redshirt at 174. I don't know if he can place, but certainly yeah. it's good to, should better be, to have good guys lined up than not. Should be much improved. Yeah. Man Bear Pig. <laughs> That's his name. Is Makai Lewis going 57 or 65 this year? Um, well, you should go to Flow Wrestling more, man, Bear Pig. Yeah, man. Say, get off Twitter because he's going 65. Word on the streets, according to Flow Wrestling. And McFadden's going 74. Pretty well established. Yeah, I feel like we got it on good authority. Yeah. Okay. I put my name on it. David uh, McFadden liked the tweet, so. Oh. Let's not be not true. That'd be interesting. All right, FRL uh, questions. When is the Marulis Wrestle Off for the World team happened? Well, it hasn't happened. It is the day before who's number one. Uh, so she will wrestle live on Flow? Live on Flow Wrestling. At the Snake Pit. Come watch. Come it's, watch. It, it, it really sucks that it had to happen that way because it would have been really great to have it, I mean, I assume at the end of, or maybe probably at the beginning of the end of who's number one and get get a lot more fans there, but it's, not going to be as good fan wise so yeah because it's the, literally the only match that's happening yeah unless Correct. well you know, it's because she did hedrick's mormon and she didn't want to wrestle on a sunday yeah right so, so put that up. that's why if you're curious yeah that's that's that is worth noting um okay um what is the next question that i like a lot uh, best yeah, wrestler can, coming can, off redshirt that is not a freshman. Is that Anthony Ashnall? Yes. I think that's probably the case. Unless you go Dayton, which I think it's still reasonable to say Anthony because he's, he's a time f- All-American. Dayton's a freshman. Right. Oh, yeah, yeah I'm, I'm sorry. 
No problem. No problem. Minnesota's uh, Cody, Cody Arnold at Cody Ocho 5, which I'm pretty sure he's a pretty big Minnesota fan. Yes. <laughs> this this uh, question kind of confirms it. Minnesota's Lezak, McKee, Thorne, and Blyes all move up in weight this season. Which one benefits the most from the move? I'll say, well, I don't know. It's tough to say Lezak's going to really benefit because <clears throat> – He'll benefit like his life will improve, right? Like that, <laughs> he'll be that a is, happier. That human. is a definite benefit. Same like, with McKee. Same as McKee. Yes. He was cutting hard. Yeah. Uh, so I think, like in terms of life and uh, life expectancy, it's going to be a lot better. However, I don't know if Lezak's going to be able to place as high at, at 33. And it's not that I think he's going to struggle up at 33. I think it's like, man, just look at this weight, right? It's tougher than 25. It's tougher than 25, especially yeah. if you know the Daytons and Surianos run up there. It's a it's really problematic. So um, maybe it's McKee. I'll say McKee. I think it's easy peasy Stevie Blyes. No. Why? Because 57 is an easier weight than 149. I don't know that it's, that's it's, true. It's, 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 which, true. it's which one of them benefits the most from move, not well, which one's going to do the best. Wait, your whole premise is wrong. 57 is far tougher than 149. We just ranked Matt Kolodzik number one. Yeah, but 49 is deeper than 57. Uh, that's p- possibly true. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's definitely true. Well, Ryan Deacon number seven is really good, and then we go. Well, I'm not gonna tease it all. I'm not gonna give it all. Gonna Don't go. tease it. Hey, here's a question we get a lot: Is uh, people asking should the NCAA allow D2? This is Anthony Trevisi. Yeah. I thought this would uh, make you mad, Willie, so I didn't ask it. Oh, it does make me mad. That's why. I'm <laughs> <laughs> I was like, oh, I'm not gonna. Willie Classic. hates this kind of question. Go ahead, read it. Okay, I'll read it. Um, <laughs> does FRL team think they should allow D2 and D3 champs to wrestle in the D1 tournament? Guys like Nazar Kolchitsky and Riley Lefevre definitely could have A, not to mention, I believe one of Dake's closest matches junior was CKLV to a D2 guy. Thoughts? Thoughts? No. Thoughts? If you no. want if you want to wrestle D1, go to a D1 Didn't school. Didn't one of the Lefevre's inner Midlands not place? Yes. Okay. Yeah. That it was the, the same thing happened with Joey Davis. He one time beat Tyler Wilps before Tyler Wilps was Tyler Wilps, and then all of a sudden he was like, I mean. He also stopped going to the Michigan State Open when the rest of his team would go. Yeah, and every literally, year. I think he said he, like, he didn't want to wrestle hard. I mean, anyways, listen, there's nothing wrong with wrestling D2 or D3. It's there's awesome. There's nothing wrong with it, and absolutely, positively, some of those guys can beat some good guys in D1. My thing is, if you want to wrestle D1, go to an institution that lives up to D1 uh, rules and regulations. Yeah. Or go to the U.S. Open. Or go to the U.S. Open. Brandon Wright, all those guys that you're mentioning, did it at the U.S. Open. For sure. Yeah, there's there's no question there's a few of the guys, but in general, I don't. I'm not clamoring for those guys. I don't find it. And it's like uh, you. It's like U twenty three university trials. Also another example of that. And again, I know it's freestyle, not folk style. But the placing rate there is like two or three guys a year at best mm-hmm. from non D one schools. So again, nothing wrong with it. Like go kick butt in your division. But it's D one or whatever you are. D two, D three, NEIA. Okie dokie. Um, this is an interesting question. Who looks for a new training environment in 2019 to make a run at 2020? Mm. He says McKenna due to being a senior and Steve at Ohio RTC. Um, also, I'm our lacking 
quality training partners at Illinois, which, you know, I don't know if that's necessarily true. Maybe green if he goes 74. <coughs> Those are Chaco Tacos 3. Um, yeah, so, I, I'm curious. I, I feel like McKenna, if you're McKenna, you don't go to Ohio State and then, and then go. open it up and be like, oh, you went there because you want the environment, right? And you have a great environment. You have a great training partner with Logan. And I don't know. So what is more likely for – because we literally saw this happen in Final X. What is more likely, assuming that they leave – we're going to just assume they leave for the, for the sake of this question. McKenna goes to Lehigh Valley, uh, WC with Buxton, or Steber goes to Oklahoma RTC with uh, Roselli and Guerrero. Yeah. That's, that's interesting with the Guerrero thing or Guerrero-Roselli connection. I don't – if you're asking what's more likely – Say maybe, I don't, know, I don't see Logan leaving Ohio State. Right. I don't think right. either. Right, this is this is assuming Logan leaves, which we understand is a long yeah, shot. You got a couple. You got a couple situations in there. Logan and McKenna and James Green and Jordan. You obviously have Gilman and Spencer Lee. Um, I, I see no. There's. I believe there's no way Green leaves Nebraska. Right. Yeah, I don't think not in a million years. I mean, I it's. Don't, because, I don't I mean, think there's any situation where. Spencer Thomas Gilman go to train somewhere else. Um, Yanni J.O. 65. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. That, that's an interesting angle. Someone asked. I don't. I can't find it. Um, While well, you look for it. Also, I don't think Imar is going to leave Illinois. I think that's like a, I don't know, loyalty thing, whatever you want to call yeah, it. Yeah, I think it's pretty established, and I think, you know, there's trust there. Right. Yeah, I, I agree with that. <coughs> Someone asked about um, Gilman. And uh, Gilman and Spencer, but I can't find the exact oh, verbiage. Well, you answered the like you literally answered or one of you. Yeah, answered here it Twitter. is. Kevin Scholl, S C H O L E. Don't know what that is. Um, who do you think wins right now in the room, Gilman or Lee? And and I, I find this interesting because literally this week I got a text that Gilman beat him and at, at the OTC, you know, in in practice matches. But my understanding of that dynamic is it depends on the day, depends on the match. It's, that's what I. That's what I hear as well. It's close. Um, you know, if it kind, of, it sounds like it. It depends if if Gilman can kind of keep it close early, not let Spencer just get a run going. He can he can wear him down and win at the end. But if he can't, and that's not totally surprising to hear, right? That kind of makes sense. That that fits both their mos in a way. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, there are certainly days where Lee gets the better at Gilman, and the exact opposite is true as well. And then again, like yes, we've seen time and time again the way matches go in the room is how they would go in real life. But there are certainly plenty of examples where something happens in the room, and then something completely different does happen on the mat. So like, ultimately, it doesn't matter, or yeah. it matters whatever a little bit. But like, you know, say they trade, and then they wrestle at you know Olympic trials, and Gilman beats them. You know, straight up, or Lee beats him straight up. Like, yeah, could happen. So Mike Mal, uh, Mike Mal only beats me in the practice room. There so, you go. I mean, I'm not putting much stock in it, frankly. Okay, what do you boys got going on this weekend? I, I honestly don't know. Hanging out. What about you, buddy? Junior Worlds. Watching Junior Worlds football, and then flying to uh, the Springs. Oh yeah. Are you going going in the Springs? Mm -hmm. So does that mean we don't have a show on Tuesday? That's precisely what that means. Yeah. (sighs) Sorry, buddy. Bracky? 
Rogue Podcast. The Couch? Yeah. We've been waiting to do it. Of FRL The Couch. FRL The Couch, the sequel. Hey, we can... Um, Behind the music. Um, we're ready to go. Right. Kyle, did you do a did you do a football podcast? Yeah, it's up on flowfootball.com right now. Oh, guys, share your big Uh-oh. picks with us. Oh yeah, make us some um, money. Um, let's see. I like TCU minus three against Texas. Uh, Northern Illinois is getting ten points against Florida State. I don't know how because Florida State's trash. Uh, bet against them every chance you can this year. Um. I didn't like a lot of lines this week. If you're looking for an underdog to win outright, um, Iowa uh, at home against Wisconsin, four and one last time. Uh, the last five times, top five opponents have come there. Iowa's or Wisconsin's no longer a top five team, but because they lost last week, but still, it's a big rivalry Iowa's game good at home. under the lights at Kinnick. Big recruiting weekend for Iowa wrestling. Watley, all that those. Was what I was about to... Yeah, they have like eight Watley. guys coming in. Nomad, do you know those guys? The the guys coming in for the recruiting weekend? Yeah. So it is – I know the, the two that I'm really interested in are uh, Brevin Balmacita, who we'll see at, at uh, who's number one, and Jesse Ibarra, who was a <coughs> Fargo champ. He is the uh, – he was a teammate with Roman Bravo Young at uh, – Sunnyside. At Sunnyside in – yep, in uh, in Arizona. And then supposedly also – now these guys are committed already – Zach Glazer, Abe Asad, uh, both already committed. Julian Broderson, who, uh, not really a national name, but more so uh, a lot of Iowa people know him. Uh, Kobe Seabricht. And then the uh, another big one for, again, Iowa, Colin Schriever, who Schriever we know has visited Iowa State already and has visited Minnesota already. Uh, and then his twin brother, Colby, who is uh, more a uh, – projects kind of as a middleweight and Colin at a lower weight. Good stuff. We're up to speed on the recruiting weekend. Control room, we are ready to go. Feel free to play the music as it is now go time. Also, since there's no show on Tuesday, remember kids to watch Who's Number One, the show, every Wednesday, 10.30 a.m. Central, 11.30 a.m. Eastern. That will be the next time you will see me and Willie since there's no show on Tuesday. Yeah, Willie, will you be back in time for that? When do you leave? It's a live I, show, I, right? I land, at, uh, I land at 10 a.m. The show's usually at 10.30. I got it switched to... Uh, 11.30. So 11.30 Central, 12.30 Eastern next week. But you'll be in studio. In studio. Ooh. Yes. Wonderful. Okay. That's a spicy meatball. Okay, boys and girls, thanks so much for listening. Thank you to ASICS for your sponsorship of Flow Wrestling Radio Live. Thank you to wrestling for being the best sport of all time. All we will time. be back Thursday. Sorry. One week. Deal with it. We're going to be meeting with USA Wrestling. going to be a lot of fun. Always a good time. Willie and I are going to be training at Elevation, which is good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, preparation for the upcoming season. So, that's it. See you soon, guys. Bye.